Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of the EdTech Distilled podcast. My name is Adam Geisen. With me, as always, David Lurch. Hey, this is, this is David Lurch. Did you say, here's your sign? Yeah, this was your sign okay. to speak. Because we're going to get in trouble from Bill Engel and the, the uh, <laughs> Blue Collar Comedy Tour. And anyone who remembers that from 10 years ago. So I, sh- I don't. I, if it, I don't remember that one at all. I'm going to have to go back and... Was he the one that drank? He wasn't the one that drank the whiskey. That was the other no. guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was the one who I looked remember like, who you're talking about. He looked like Foxworthy Light, right? Oh, like yes. They, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, so now that I remember and we're all on the same page, we're going to continue <laughs> with our episode. We're talking today uh, with Rick Ballou. Rick, you feel free to jump in and say hello since you're hello. sitting here. So Rick is joining us from, well, you never know. I mean, I can right. see you, but the, the people listening can't see you. So I know right. you're here. Uh, but you're joining us from Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. And so mm-hmm. how cold is it there right now? Just out of curiosity. Great question. I mean, you're in the Midwest too. But yeah, but we, no, but we hit 70. South. We hit 71 degrees today. Yeah, it's going to be 70 Friday. Yeah. Well, we're, we're in a warm phase right now. I think the, it shows 50. Oh, oh right that's now. actually yeah, that's pretty nice. That's, um, yeah, and it was sixties ish earlier okay. in the week. It's so, hard to say earlier in the week. It's Wednesday, but yeah. Oh wait, well, I don't want to break the fourth wall. I don't know when this goes <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Sometime, sometime in the near Friday, future and or past, yes. it was sixty right. degrees and fifty degrees. So <clears throat> yep. at cool, some cool, point, cool. it hit that. That's right. Um, but yeah, so you know, global warming. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, December 1st shouldn't be 70 degrees. That's just, no, just no. feels wrong. Uh, but anyway, we're excited that you're able to join us. We're talking today about um, using educational technology in the classroom, really specifically for teachers. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're, who knows what we'll talk about. Um, but talking about being efficient, or the title of this episode is to work smarter, not harder, yeah. which I don't know. I can't speak for the both of you, but I, that's like a life goal is to try to work smarter, yeah. not harder. And I don't ever actually feel like I achieve it. So no, Rick, you are uh, on the, you're, I don't know. Hopefully we picked a good time to do this podcast. And so I can maybe sleep nicer tonight, but we'll see. That would be the goal. Yes, that would be the goal. For sure. So before we jump in uh, to, uh, to that stuff, we, uh, we pretty typically go through some new things and some interesting stuff that uh, that Dave and I have seen. Um, so we're going to jump in with this. Dave, why don't you start with uh, the first one you put there on the notes, sir? Yeah, and there will be a link to all these in the show notes. So if you want to check any of these out. Uh, and I, I realize that the last couple of times we've recorded, we've not updated a lot from the ed tech front or things that are kind of coming down the pipe for uh, some of our Google things. And so uh, one thing is Google Meet is actually going to be a rapid release. Uh, they're going to be rolling out more immersive backgrounds and styles for Google Meet. So if you use Google Meet, uh, you have a little bit more personality that you can um, inject into uh, what you use on your backgrounds. That's my favorite part of using Zoom is uh, I, I love so much to be able to put uh, stormtroopers behind me or the Fellowship of the Ring or something like that during official meetings. I had a meeting today, <laughs> a special ed meeting Uh where we sat down and talked about our RTI process and goals and how things were going. It was very positive. And uh, my background, I had um, the Boromir meme where he's like saying, one does not just walk into Mordor and uh, the whole time. (laughs) So, you know, it's, but uh, I think Google is trying to catch up to that, which will be uh, fantastic for those people that are Chromebook users where Google meets not maybe the smoothest on Chromebook as it is. And so throwing those immersive backgrounds and those of you that are doing remote teaching are going to have 30 students with uh, GIFs as backgrounds. And it'll be uh, quite a quite a unique experience, I think. So it's true that either GIFs or GIFs, they might have GIFs also. They, well, have, they if, have, if they're like any district I've been in, it will be shut off and they can't yeah. add anything on their own. That's right. So. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a problem specifically, but you're right. You know. I think those fun backgrounds are maybe more for summertime and when the kids get on and talk about each other and their own videos. That's right. That might be it. Um, I'm going to jump in really quickly because I, you kind of made me think of one that I hadn't, uh, I didn't write down on the thing today. Sure. We had a conversation about it. Google slides now has the ability for you to remove uh, the film strip on the side of the screen when you're editing a Google right. slide which is a new thing. And I actually honestly didn't notice it until somebody brought it up today in one of the email threads that I've got. And so 
uh, in exploring it, it really is a handy thing to get rid of that list of that list of slides on the left hand side because that actually makes it easier for you to add interactive items. You know, and, and as we were talking kind of off uh, off the recording before the we started actually doing this podcast, we talked a little bit about um, the interactive flat uh, flat panels that people are installing all over the place, and I've yeah. I've been putting them up all over my district. Um, the the interactive features that are built into like the software that comes with those boards is really really useful, um, and I'm sure most people have probably experienced something like that. But to be able to do it in slides, you know, Jamboard already kind of has it, sure. but not really. Like it's a little tough. Um, slides would be a little bit easier to manipulate and have a little bit more features. So I think we can start to see slides becoming a little bit more interactive, especially for you know like super young kids. Yeah. Um, to be able to kind of drag and drop and stuff like that. Oh, I like that cool too. Feature. I like that too because I feel like slides tends to handle more kids on it better than Jamboard does too. I, yeah. I, I feel like I've, if you throw thirty or forty on there, it tends to run smoother than Jamboard does. Much. In fact, I was in a. I was talking off air. I mentioned a IT meeting um, that I had where it was an IT meeting for our entire district that was set up by the, the, the director of technology. And they had us TOSAs, all four of us for our district, uh, lead breakout rooms because we wanted the IT team to experience what the students are experiencing. <laughs> yes. So we went into breakout rooms and we did a Jamboard, right? But this was the full IT team for our district right. of 78 schools, the Minneapolis school district. Right. So even though a bunch of people didn't necessarily participate, it was still about 20 people that we were trying to get on the Jamboard. Right. And it crashed because it, oh. that's just what Jamboard does. Right. Right. Like it's, right. It's, uh, all right. It's no longer no nuance November, but I'm going to say it, man. <laughs> I don't like Jamboard. I just, I don't. I it's and everyone every th session I've been to every Google thing I'm all the sure. Google things I have all the certifications, uh, everyone is singing the praises of Jamboard. I don't like it. So I love that slides is getting closer to that. Yeah, because right. I would a hundred percent rather do every everything someone shows me in slides or sorry in Jamboard. I always want to go. We just do this in slides, right? That, can, that's can totally fair. Slides. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't we using slides? I am bored is how about slides though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I had to try to explain to a teacher why trying to put together uh, like a flyer with pictures in, in docs was not the right way to go about doing it. And she just didn't believe it. She said, Oh, I don't like slides. I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not going to convince you, but Let I'll, me show you I'll do and one I'll... and I'll show you how it works. And you can, yeah. you can see if you don't like it anymore. Uh, but right. yeah, I mean, I, th I love that little addition. I think it's, again, it's another good example of Google listening to the people as they are saying, hey, it'd be great if we could just hide this. It's just so customizable. I mean, yeah. there's just there's no limit to what you can do with it. And and that's from somebody who has done tons of trainings on Jamboard. And <laughs> on Jamboard. Do right. Jamboard for two years. Uh, mm -hmm. But but I mean even still like I, I think if if you're into that it's something that just works so well and integrates so well into your class. There's just a little bit more of a learning curve I feel like. Right. But you know if you're in that position anyway, I think you're open to it. Hopefully so. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Um, I interrupted you with that one. So Dave, keep going. Yeah. Well, this is actually super cool. So if you've been following tech news at all, uh, Europe actually made it um, illegal. So they're requiring now that um, like uh, companies like Apple. And uh, Sony and and uh, you know Samsung and, and whoever else is putting out uh, smart devices. Uh, Apple is the main culprit with this, where they will have a different charger for every device that they put out or every generation of device that they put out. And so it's requiring people to make that uh, extra purchase along with getting a new device. So you get a new phone, you have to get a new charger for it. And um, Apple is being forced to no longer do that. And it looks like just across the board, they know this is coming. And so they are making the choice instead to work on uh, something that is a multi-device charger. So just one general charger that can charge anything. Hmm. And they're, they're also adapting this and looking into the technology of allowing uh, other devices to charge each other. So uh, a certain, uh, so if you have an iPhone, for example, uh, you could use the iPhone uh, without linking it to anything to help charge another iPhone. So I, I think those are all positive things. Uh, and it, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll be monetized, but you know, it still is a good thing. I think. So. Well, they announced this, that charging pad that's in the, the 
article you showed, they announced that two iPhones ago, that they were going to have a thing that you could just lay your iPhone on, your watch on, and your this on, but they couldn't get it right. So they kind of shelved it and then, you know, pandemic, whatever. But um, (laughs) I have the iPhone with the little circle deal on it, right? And so uh, you can get a little charger pack that just sticks onto it magnetically. What I found is when that's charging, I can set this on it and it will charge these. So oh, cool. it's already kind of doing that. I don't think it's supposed to. <laughs> well, maybe, <laughs> yeah. it, is, but it, wasn't. maybe it is. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, Galaxy, Galaxy stuff does that already. So I'm, I'm a, yep. I'm an Android person and we've already got, I mean, you can already charge your phone with another person's phone. So I've seen that on the kind of, that's kind of old cool. news. It does actually work. Yeah. Um, and what we just got a free little, uh, magnetic charger from the uh, the LTC at the conference last uh, last week. They were giving away those things for free. Yeah, uh, and nice. that works pretty well too. I've taken my case off, but otherwise it works pretty well. But um, does does your phone have this really nice Baby Yoda background? No, I mine, don't so. have Baby Yoda on mine. That's so right. Grogu, sorry. Yeah, so. so that already makes me feel bad. Uh, all right, let's jump into another one here. So I, I found a couple things, uh, and then we'll come back to your 3D printing stuff, uh, Dave. Yes. But I found a couple things on the internet that I really liked. One is called Inner Body, which is a website that actually has a uh, – it, it gives you – it's nothing really more than, like, zoomable anatomy. But sure. I really thought it was neat because I had a hard time. I know that when I took, you know, anatomy and physiology in high school and studying the bones, and you're de- dealing with, like – photocopied stuff and the internet wasn't huge back in 95 and so um this would have been amazing to be able to uh pick a one of the systems any of the systems and there's again there's a link in our uh show notes you can look at the skeletal system and zoom in on you know all the bones there's little question marks you hover over them and it shows you information just thought it was really cool a great place uh especially for people studying anatomy uh so anyway it's called inner body so check that out the link is in the show notes yeah and another one that I love is um, it's a website called Coolers, C-O-O-L-O-R-S, which uh, it's .co at the end. It's a, a color palette creator. And I, I do a lot of little you know, web app stuff, um, design stuff, and I'm always struggling with color code or like, you know, color coordination and trying to make things look um, new and not kind of boring. So anyway, this is a great way to be able to create a palette. You can kind of just hit space bar and it creates a new palette for you every time you hit space bar and you can lock in colors and it'll create more, uh, you know, variations based on the ones you've chosen. It's just a really, really cool uh, website for coming up with color palettes, which is something I struggle with a ton. Design is always tough and I don't have any sort of training in it. Um, yeah. So I'm, any, any kind of help I can find is good. That's awesome. So those are my, uh, my couple things that I found this week. I've I've played yeah. with coolers before. I love it. It's yeah. super cool. And when you're messing around with it, bringing it back to slides, um, you find a color palette that you dig on coolers, and it gives you the hex code that you can just import, like copy and paste. Yeah, gives nice. you the hex code for it. I'm in a district now where the team I'm on is called Design and Training, and so I might Sweet. be the tech person on one side, but the mm-hmm. other half of the team is the one that creates the trainings for the teachers that you know, mm-hmm. and the other staff like. Here's how you get into this to enter absences, stuff like that. So we have an actual like Adobe certified, um, like went through the whole design, like has a a BA in design. So like every one of the slide decks we create, she creates a template for that's like, here are the colors you have to use. This is the Oh my God. (laughs) It's like a dream. It's so great. It really is. But like. Uh, one of the other teachers I work with is like, oh, I really miss making my own. I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> this is yes. amazing. Yes. My colors are chosen for me. I don't have to, like, does right. this orange match that orange? There's right. no orange. It right. doesn't matter. I yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Right. Well, that's Get what I loved about. Slides Mania um, and Hope, yeah. Mm-hmm. What I loved about Google, um, uh, God, I'm having a hard time today, Sites. When Sites came up and they only had your six themes and that was the right. only ones you could choose and you couldn't mess with the fonts and you couldn't really mess with the colors much, like I love that because it just kept me from spending forever on the design elements. Right. Uh, and some teachers are like, well, but I want to have twelve different fonts. Like Google doesn't let you screw up your own website. Like no. <laughs> now you can a little bit more. They've added enough features that you can screw it up pretty good. But aside from you know back in the day, it was uh, everything looked nicer. Uh, and so yeah. you know, kudos to Google form, for taking away our, <laughs> our freedom to choose. But it worked out fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I had on here, which which I thought was really cool, uh, is is about how there is a, uh, a group that is studying the structure of cells. So they are genetically engineering cells from E. coli and other small microbes. And they're taking what those cells are, but they're not, uh, it's not like living um, E. coli cells. They're taking the general uh, design of how those look and they're creating uh, nanofibers that can then be 3D printed. Now, this is like super, super, super early research. But the idea behind it is that uh, the way that E. coli and other microbes uh, reproduce, uh, if they can take that template and apply it in a nanofiber through a 3D printer, then they could use it to create buildings that auto fix themselves. So if a building cracks, it could uh, seal that crack. And I guess the the hmm. research going into it is a pretty... Uh, pretty powerful thing what they've seen is that the materials they use can it's like releasing some toxins as they're going through it and so they're having to tailor things down to cut back on the risks so that it's safe for everyone to use but uh, i think the eventual goal with this would be you know if you've seen uh the martian the way that they drop you know the uh, the habitats on uh, mm -hmm. mars i think that's the idea and then they would have these self-sealing or uh self-fixing buildings that then astronauts could live in and could, you know, go about doing their different types of research without having to worry about uh, actually physically going out and repairing holes or damage or things like that. So again, very cool. It's very like, you know, cutting edge tech right now. And it's, it's really something that is pretty far off, but still kind of a neat idea to take something that, you know, it's, I, I shared this with our STEM teacher today, this article. And I was like, you need to show this to your kids, man, because they're doing 3d printing you know, with seventh and eighth graders. And it's like the concept that they're taking was something that someone could be applying in another way that could end up helping people live on another planet someday, you know, just kind of crazy to think about that, but hmm. very cool. We just dove into 3d printing. We actually just opened them up earlier this week and uh, we got some, uh, some pretty decent printers. They, they work pretty well. The, the MakerBot sketches and I like them as good starting. And to think that all of the like, the TIE fighters and the star destroyers and like the Yoda statues that I've printed so far will one day lead to someone like living on Mars. I think that's yeah. amazing. It is so cool. And it, and it's just the same design process. It's, it, it's just using, my, you know, different as my materials TIE fighters. And stuff, so. yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends. Is it a TIE fighter or a TIE interceptor? No, no, no. I mean, it's a TIE case, fighter. We're going to call it. Yeah. It was the only way I could print them in two halves and then you glue them together. It's a great idea. Yeah, right. it's idea. funny. It's hilarious. Anyway, um, so 3D printing is the future. You can print your food, you can print your buildings, and then you can fix those buildings. Or they fix themselves. Or they fix themselves. You'll never have to go outside again. Goodbye, son. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> So let's, uh, we're going to jump over now to Rick. Um, again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for um, yeah. chiming in there. I know it's always, uh, you never really know what direction we're going to take some of these things. And sometimes we find really interesting stuff and sometimes we don't. Um, today was really <laughs> interesting. So that worked out well. Um, what First thing we always like to ask the people who uh, we have on the show is, is basically, um, you know, what's the, the elevator version of how you got to where you are now? And you've kind of mentioned your current job, um, and it sounds like a really awesome job, uh, but I know that's not how you started. So uh, how'd you get there? Nope. First job, right at, no, I'm kidding. Um, actually, <laughs> then I was going to be really <laughs> impressed. What? Yeah, yeah, right out of college. It was pretty great. No, um, I, <laughs> I started teaching in the 1900s, in 1998, um, as a fifth grade instrumental music teacher. So <laughs> my, my first job in, Bloomington, Minnesota was I was teaching beginner band. In fact, I did that for 22 years. No, wow. 23. Who cares? 20 something. The yeah. point is I've been doing it a while. So what I was Two doing decades. was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so the way my school district was doing it is initially I was at a building where all the fifth graders came to one building. So it was 10 elementaries came to one building. And the way we ran it was every kid plays an instrument because we have enough instruments. They restructured the district about my second or third year and put fifth graders back into the 10 buildings. And then I went with them. So I ended up over time, I began teaching fifth grade instrumental music, beginner band mm -hmm. at 10 different <laughs> elementary schools, two buildings a day, five days a week. Wow, and so every kid's required to play an instrument. I would do band. The other person 
would do orchestra and we would see every student. And the way it started, because it was like early 2000 something, right? 2000 odd, whatever. Uh, the lady I was working with started back in 1969. So the way we <laughs> did it was every single kid had their own sheet in a three ring binder with their name at the top. And we put their recommendation in and blah, 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 blah. A few years later, she retired and I went, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm pretty sure a computer can do this. <laughs> right. So what we ended up doing was that's when I got steeped into the Googleverse and fell in love with Autocrat, everyone's favorite <laughs> um, <laughs> tool to use with spreadsheets. So um, that sent me down kind of the ed tech path. I had already earned a master's in curriculum and instruction focused on arts integration, but because mm -hmm. I started chasing badges, um, you know, trainer, innovator, mm -hmm. coach, yep. ISTE sure, certified sure. guest, blah, blah, blah. I did another master's, this one in educational technology. So after doing that and finishing that, I, I graduated in May of 2020 <laughs> of, with that <laughs> master's. And so all, all the teachers I was working with were like, do you know how to, I'm like, yes, I do. Absolutely. And so I started being kind of the tech go-to person now and mm -hmm. then. And so that rolled into this particular school year, me starting off the school year as at least in Bloomington public schools where I was up until October, mm -hmm. um, I was doing a long call reserve position for a tech integrationist slash computer science teacher. So I was in one building, I had an actual desk. It blew my mind. Oh, yeah, I'd amazing. never had one of those because <laughs> my, my desk was always the bag I was carrying. Right. Me. So um, I was able to do tech integration in a building and teach computer science to third, fourth and fifth graders in the building. And then a position opened up in Minneapolis that was too good to pass up. Yeah. And it was a tech integration position where I am servicing the teachers that are interested in tech integration, as well as helping support the new online school that Minneapolis has set up. And so that gave me the opportunity to do tech integration for any teacher that needs help, but I also get to prepare trainings for the all the teachers in the district. I get to help out the online school. It's been super duper cool. And as I was mentioning before, I'm on what's called the design and training team. So mm -hmm. there's 10 people on the team for the district, our manager, and then there are four technology integrationist specialists that are TOSAs, teachers on special assignment. But what we do is we provide the trainings for the teachers and we help teachers integrate tech. The other half of the team, the other six, are uh, tech app builders, but really they're instructional designers. They're creating the tech, the courses and the stuff to do the training for all of the employees in Minneapolis. Hmm. It's wow. been super duper cool that's very um, cool and i was thrown right into it so i, I started and they were gonna kind of roll me out slow but uh one thing led to another and suddenly like that i'm just meeting this teacher and i'm leading him through the google coaching cycle <laughs> like hi wow. we haven't met so i'm gonna i guess observe <laughs> you and <laughs> i'm gonna tell you how you can use this better so I, i'm an expert yes so yeah exactly i'm new to minneapolis but <laughs> let me tell you something right. that's awesome. so yeah, it's been cool. That so is, is are those here. positions relatively new or is that has it been established? Um, yes and no. It's gone through a couple different iterations within Minneapolis, but um the issue was, I guess, they started the school year thinking they had someone who then took a different position. And so they cast the net wide right, and right. I I ended up starting in October. Our, you know, most school districts, at least here in Minnesota, start usually right around Labor Day. Mm -hmm. So I went about six weeks in one district, and about four weeks in is when I applied for this one. So yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it. Over. That yeah, that would be a tough one to pass up. That's uh, that's such a neat opportunity. Yeah, and to work on a mm -hmm. team like that is really rare. I think in in a, a I can't imagine a lot of school districts have professional development designers. Hmm. Oh, and we're sorry, that would be oh. the dog because she's the worst. <laughs> but oh, she wants to chime on. in. Um, but yeah, in fact, I'm doing the the training, but we actually have a professional development department too. So oh. the oh, wow. the tech apps that are on the design and training team are the ones who actually build the lessons. Like where you go, we use um success factor is mm -hmm. the program, but you yeah 
go onto it and you click the training that you have to do, let's say it's on um, fishing, reporting mm -hmm. fishing. So they're the ones who design, you click on it, it leads you to a video, they record all the video or video and audio, they do all the animations, they do all of it, it's all in-house. It's huh. super neat. That's awesome. So yeah. when I used cooler back in the day, now I, I don't have to. Right, because you <laughs> have someone on staff, you have a cooler. Right. Wow. Yeah. She's um, like, oh, well, you're going to use these and this is the font <laughs> and this is the standard. I'm like, cool. It's amazing. <laughs> That's, that that that's, that's cool. such a cool cool collective idea, and I, I I just see something like that being so beneficial for just the school population at large. With with mm -hmm. the with the online school, is that was that like a state supported online school that you were working with, or how, how did that how did that come out? I'm very curious about that. Great question. Um, the way it happened here in Minnesota, or as we say here, in Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, <laughs> the way it worked was each district during the pandemic the 2019-2020 school year we all kind of in march just everyone go home right so that happened right. over the summer a lot of different school districts went well we don't want to lose all our students to charter schools or to private schools so let's come up with an option to service our well customers frankly right because that's essentially yep. what they are absolutely um so let's Let's find a way to do that. The district I was in, Bloomington, put together their own online school, and we—I was helped there to help build it from the ground up. Very small part of it, but I was watched and observed it get built from the ground up, and making it specifically like project-based, uh, well, standards-based, but grouping all the standards in a particular grade level to be okay. This chunk of a quarter is going to be this project that meets these standards and here's how we'll assess it then this chunk of a quarter will meet these standards with this project and this is how we'll assess it right so that's how it was built so it could be not fully synchronous online this for eight right. hours a right, day right right but so it could be here's your morning meeting here's what you're working on your specialist time is at this time hit these benchmarks by these days mm -hmm. i have office hours peace out so right? like a so that, like a real job yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so that the kids could also do it as well. Um, right. Minneapolis did something similar. And so now they have their own online school. Now, is it state mandated? No, but it is um, through like we had to get dispensation through the state to sure, be like sure. legal and be able to then say, hey, you're in another school district. You want to do online from where you are? Come here because we're fully certified and blah, blah, blah through the state. Right. Right. So. Wow. But as part of the technology or the design and training team, as a technology integration specialist, it took me a while to learn all the Oh yeah, terms. it's a lot of acronyms. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we are, all the four of us have each taken a different staff member to support. So we're like, okay, you're teaching FIED, how can I help? Mm -hmm. So we have, either weekly or bi-weekly meetings where we just kind of pop in like this and what you working on? How can I help you? What do you need help with? Right. So, and a lot of it is often like, well, I couldn't get this student to log in through clever to get to their seesaw account. Cool. Let me work on that for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's stuff like that, but other times it can be really exciting. Like, um, I want to do something with, uh, this to create a portfolio for my students. Okay. Well, here's how we can do this. Oh, cool. And then seeing what they create is super neat. So there, there's that, but then there's also the, all right, well, let's find out why Clever isn't enrolling right. your students in the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. All, all the fun stuff. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. yes. So let me find the admin. Who in the org chart has access to the... <laughs> yeah, right. And there's a very big difference between, and I, this is, I don't know, it's become my mantra, the, the difference between like solving problems and, be, and being a creative problem solver. And like that being a creative problem solver, I think is what all of the people who have some sort of coaching role in education, like that's kind of our yeah. wheelhouse. Um, former teachers, people who are, you know, using technology as sort of a way, not necessarily to get out of the classroom, but to help beyond the walls of their only classroom. And, uh, and that creative problem solving is the thing. That's what keeps me going. The fixing mm -hmm. of the problems is really not my thing. Yep. I can't wait for the for somebody to come up with, hey, I really want to do this and I don't know how. And that's that's kind of what lights the fire. Although yeah, I that, will say my Google Keep list as it shrinks, it is the most satisfying feeling in the world to well, see. Well, that's true too. That, yeah, oh yeah. 
Well, as you're solving those problems, that frees up the space for the creative problem solving. Exactly. Right? Yeah, right. absolutely. But like like you said, David, for sure, seeing that the list of those things shrink, oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it is a good feeling. So In satisfying. fact, the, some of the people I'm working with, a couple of the TOSAs, because again, I'm new to the district. I met with a teacher today and they had a bunch of those kind of problems about, I can't get this class to sync with that thing. And so I went, reached out to one of the TOSAs that's been in the district longer. Um, she likes to do the problem solving thing too, but this was something that she could knock out real fast. And yeah. she was just like, cool, let's do this. Let's like, do like, right. I, I have time right now, let's knock this out so we can get to other stuff. So I really appreciate people with that kind of mindset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I was like, I'm not sure who to talk to. I am, hold on. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> it, within the, like, the time it took me to finish this sentence, she sent off like three emails to the people Perfect. in charge of it. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> That's oh. definitely valuable for sure. Absolutely. Well, I think on the topic of, uh, you know, just problem solving, creative problem solving. Um, so in the position that you're in, you work with, you know, different individuals on implementing ed tech or uh, creative uses of ed tech. So if you have somebody, and I know uh, in Illinois, we've had Illinois, you know, just like everywhere else, we've had the same problems going remote Then we weren't remote and then we got kids back, but some kids came back, some kids didn't come back. This year's going to be better and it's not better. It's, you know, just very confusing. <laughs> and uh, yep. which that was it. Us, that was the whole thing. That was the last yep. two years in a nutshell. Which led us to start a drinking podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. So the, but the, the question is this year, I've had some teachers who have really kind of come out and if totally fairly been, look, I need to get away from technology for this year, which I 100% support because if you were new coming into this and it's not your wheelhouse and you're learning along, you know, with the students of how to do this effectively. And this year you can kind of walk away from it because you need a break, take your break. However, Rick, my question to you, you know, in with your expertise and your position you're in, if someone is unsure of using that ed tech, what's your pitch to them to get them to buy in or at least to kind of pique their curiosity with that? shaming i shame them i i say you know the teacher down the hall is doing this so much better than you you know no i'm kidding name um, calling does that happen to you a little bit yep, yep. that's something um, an idiot would say yeah that's super dumb. like dwight Schrute. yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> no um that's that's a really good question and a very valid point because like i i get it right like as mm -hmm. much as i love all the technology stuff i was mentioning earlier i i have children and so uh i watched them do all their stuff um on seesaw or canvas or google classroom whatever right whatever lms they're in at the time and i've watched their fine motor skills plummet so um i i want i i fully understand like let's go back we're going to use construction paper we're going to cut this thing out and then sure. we're going to glue this thing together and we're going to uh, I want you to write the paper to turn it in. You're not going to send it in through Google mm -hmm. Classroom, right. where let's be honest, you're just going to turn in a blank doc anyway. Um, so, <laughs> so true. So, just um, yeah. <laughs> you just hit submit. You didn't do anything. But no, it's, it's uh, done though. Yeah, yeah, it's done. You can do the same thing in Seesaw too. That's right. uh, anyway, they <laughs> just like checking things off the list though. I'm yeah, done. all my all my little notifications are gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I fully understand where they're coming from. Um, I, in the, the coaching role, uh, giving them the space to do that for a little bit is totally cool. But how to get them back on board is saying, yeah, um, that worksheet is great. What if we, mm -hmm. <laughs> there it is. What, how yes might and. we, mm -hmm. yeah, yes. And let's use this worksheet. I right. love it. Right. However, in the future, it's going to be a lot easier to store if you make it a PDF and we use Kami to um, edit it or you mm -hmm. make it a template in Jamboard and then everyone can <laughs> scribble on it. I mean, mm -hmm. I would never use Jamboard because like I said, it's right. terrible, well, but yeah, you know, people could. Yeah. yeah, like 15 people could though. Yeah. But not above that. Yeah. Not, right. <laughs> not the whole class. No, 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 <laughs> that, would, no. <laughs> that would never work. But half of you. So, um, yeah, to just kind of be like, yep, I, I love everything you're doing. What if we did X to make it a little easier for you next week? <laughs> right. So I. 
don't want to drag them back into the digital era if they're not ready to go back into it. Because sure. there's there's always a snapback. I mean, we even see it in politics, right? We go right. really far this way, and then we got to snap back this way a little bit. Right. It's gonna be it's the same in education where we really went deep into technology because we had to. I had to. Um, but now a lot of them are snapping back with no, I I don't want to do this. But the needle shifted, right? And the new the normal is way over in the tech sphere. It's people are trying to push it back, but it's the genie's out of the bottle, right? That's why there are the online schools. That's why I'm able to work from home four days a week right. <laughs> because uh, I can still get it done. And right. I also, I've got my laundry done too. So, mm -hmm. hey, look, right. <laughs> look at that. Right. Um, so to answer your question, I don't know. I'm more of a yes and, like, mm -hmm. like you yep. said, Adam. That's kind I guess of a, the best way. Yep. Yeah, I really do. And you dangle out all the different things you can do mm -hmm. until something sticks. You know, I mean, truly, that's your best way to do it, I think. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, that's a tough situation regardless. Uh, and that was the, it's funny. And we've, I know I've talked about this before on the podcast is that people, you know, when the whole shutdown all started, everybody was like, oh God, you're a tech guy. Whew tough for you you know and i'm like oh absolutely not like this is exactly what i've been training for for yeah. years like all these people who said they didn't want technology now suddenly have to mm -hmm. uh, and that was a blessing but now obviously we're seeing the other side of that um and it's got its it's got its drawbacks you're definitely right i mean somehow we got to find that balance again um as people were just kind of starting to find you know as, as the coaching positions became more uh prominent in districts that role fit and then now we're kind of fighting it a little bit again. So I definitely see that for yeah. sure. So it's well, tough. Well, for sure. I mean, there were a lot of tech people because again, I was the music guy who just had tech stuff right until this school year. But I would then talk to the people that were in your positions and say, well, how are you feeling? Not saying, oh, this has got to be rough. Just like, how how's your day going is what I was right. more interested in. Right. And they were like, it's so many of them said, it's real hard not to say I told you so. I know. <laughs> it's, it's so hard. Not yes. To I've been talking about this for years. years. It's been. It if you'd come to really any hard. of my sessions after school, right. you would know this. Did you subscribe to my YouTube channel? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ex right. Totally. And yeah, so it's very validating. That is absolutely true. 100%. So, yeah. So, um, so when you're, you're, you're working with these teachers, the one thing that we, uh, we kind of our focus on, on this uh, pot and it took us like what, 40 minutes to get here. Um, we got here. The, we got there. Um, efficiency tips. If you've got any, like what, what would you say something new that, that you could use kind of to sell to teachers to say, Hey, I know that these worksheets are great, but here's something you could do to make your life just a little bit easier. Um, what have you got now that you're kind of selling to people? Huh. I, I guess it depends on the group I'm talking to, what yep, their sure. subject area is. But, and I mean, this this is not anything new, but I'm at least it's not going to be new to the three of us. And right. I assume 90% of our listeners because they're they, interested in this anyway. Mm -hmm. But being able to say something like, yeah, you're, I see you're grading that quiz. How about a Google form or Microsoft form? Because my district uses both. Yep. Well, I won't get into the specifics, but we use Outlook for email and everything else in Google, but eh, whatever. Uh, the point is use a Google form, right? But have it auto grade. The amount I, of people that go, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, and I feel like that's a forgotten thing too. It, it really is huge. Yep. You know, when it first came out, but, but you're right. I don't, we don't see that very much anymore. Um, mm -hmm. That's a great, I mean, well, that's a great thing to get back to. Yep. Especially for formal assessments, do it things. right. Do it correctly. Only right. because uh, I mean, there are a number of kids that figured out the the cheat code, so right. to speak, with the Google form. But yeah, just the yeah, if you do this, you're not going to have to sit there and agonize over it. You know, right. It'll just grade automatically. They're like, oh yeah, because <laughs> you're right. About it is that. one of those forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Yes, you can, and that just freed up a good twenty minutes of your afternoon. Right. So why don't you attend this session I'm leading on? <laughs> That's no, right. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and those, I think sometimes we have to just kind of get back to, I, I do feel like sort of, we're sort of starting over and we have to find some of those, like, here's the fun, what's the fun new thing yeah. to get people interested in tech again. Um, we're fighting in Illinois. We're fighting with 
legal issues now. Like we have a new law that's put into place in July that says we have to have written agreements with every tech company that gets students' personal information. Is there something like that in Minnesota? Not every state has it. Oh man, I hope we don't. That's terrible. I think uh, there's you would, only like I think ten or you twelve. Would you you would know. You would know if like, you did. Yeah, you would know. <laughs> yeah, you would know. Um, it's For so sure. it really is a hindering. Like it 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 really kind of has handcuffed us a lot to be able to say, hey, this is a cool thing that just came up. If we don't have an agreement on file with that company that's it. saying they're not going to you know sell their students' information, then we just simply can't use it. How and is that not covered by like the COPA and FERPA stuff? It's not. It's like, on top of all of those. Yeah. So it's an extra agreement that's state specific. Yeah. And, I and wonder trust me. if I wonder if that the all the companies will want to change that so that it maybe it's just because Illinois isn't big enough. Like if Texas did this, they'd be all over it, right? Well, like every California was California one of the first ones. It. They were the first one. And they haven't. Yeah. They've had theirs for years, and they have yep. to have written agreements. Wow, it's crazy. That's, and what's hard odd. is is yeah. there's no yeah, there's no kidding. there's no common verbiage, which is the kicker because yeah. there's there, it's it's hard to define what student data is. Like we think we have an idea of what student data means, right. but mm -hmm. we really don't know. We won't know until someone gets in trouble. Basically, yeah, nobody's gotten in trouble as far as we know yet. That's what we'll know as long as we keep everything posted and we have all these agreements on file. But the, the trick now is to find like to find agreements that exist because we can piggyback on them. So if somebody right. has got, right. you know, a, an agreement, then we can just kind of join their agreement. So now we're like looking for things that people already have agreements with and saying, Hey, here's this new tool. And it's Jesus. SOPA compliant. Like, but that's a full-time job in and of which itself. is a, absolutely. Yes. Um, so, yeah. so that's just, I mean, it's a real challenge. Um, and I definitely think, you know, like, like we kind of said, getting back to sort of what, what worked to, initially get people interested in Google's, well, any sort of technology, but spe right. specifically Google, you know, sharing documents alone was the one thing that got people into using Google with their students. Yep. Um, you know, so what's the, what's a, what's an interesting trick that we can do with, with Google again, that's easy. They don't have to learn it and we can add it on, you know, I mean, here, the film strip, get rid of your film strip and slides. Yep. Like the, it's like that's little cool. things like that, that we can kind of use to get people back on. But I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be a struggle for sure. I think for yeah. for a while still, but working efficiently is the key, and I, I don't know the best way to do that. I, I think what helps too. I had this conversation this week with somebody, and they were just overwhelmed by everything because we uh, we had a really good training on Monday uh, with a really knowledgeable math curriculum specialist, and she shared a bunch of tools. Uh, and she shared Edpuzzle and Flipgrid and then talked about ways you could integrate Google tools and talked about ways that you could use YouTube and podcasting and all these things. And one of the teachers I was with walked out and she was like, I, I don't know where to start. And I told her it doesn't matter. Just pick something and just focus mm -hmm. on it for the rest of the year. You don't have to use everything. You know, if you love Flipgrid, just ride hard with that the rest of the year. And then next year, do something else. Because I, I think having all those tools, and I, I and I noticed this during the pandemic, is it was easy for us to just throw out a bunch of tools and people would just pull what they needed. But now I feel like it's almost information overload at this point. And people are kind of in that state of, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, things are returning to normal. What can I take from that? And I still think the best way to do that efficiently, just pick something and do it. It doesn't matter what you pick. Just do it and 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 go hard with it. And if you fail, that's okay. Yep. I, I have to agree with you there. And I mean, even in the height of the pandemic where every one of the tools that were out there said, it's free for the rest of the year. And right. so right. a lot of districts went, okay, that one and that one and that one. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm, what we're encountering now in Minneapolis anyway, and I think Bloomington did a little bit too, is a lot of these tools teachers suddenly relied on and now they cost money and the district's going, yep. no, right. we're not going to pay right. for that. And find so there, yeah. So find a way to do this with the tools we already pay for. Cause quite frankly, we pay for a bunch of them. Right. Right. Um, the, the ones that were the early adopters that went after those tools are going to be able to make the switch easily. The ones that didn't are the ones, the teachers who are struggling and are shutting down. Right. <laughs> so right. I think what you said for sure is like, pick, just pick one thing and change it. And, and, and it doesn't have to be your entire curriculum. Choose change one lesson. Right. And right. One, one, one day a week. Yeah. Yep. See how it works. And if it works, cool. Expand on it. Because I mean, 
I don't know any teacher that does a lesson that bombs and then goes, well, I'm going to do it that way again. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>, right. <laughs> None of them are this was a that. rousing. Success. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I've seen that happen more than it probably should. <laughs> right. But generally speaking, they're going to tweet something, right? They're generally not speaking. Yes. Maybe cognitively the they know it again. failed. They know it failed in their head, but you know, physically yeah. they're just going to keep doing it anyway. Right. So. Well, and that's where that's where the that's where we come in. That's this right. bombed. How can I fix it? And instead of going to Facebook or it's really mostly Facebook for their answers, I do wish more would come mm-hmm. to us with these types of creative problem solving issues. But but yeah, they go to Facebook. To another, I don't need to see another Bitmoji classroom. It's not going to solve your problems. Stop. <laughs> Stop no, thank Facebook. you. Please, no more. <laughs> yeah facebook and teachers pay teachers all right Ooh. so let's move on let's Oof. not let's not go down that road yet no that'll no, be a whole nother so. episode absolutely mm-hmm. yeah um so um i don't know is there uh anything else rick that you want to throw in there as far as as far as tips and tricks for teachers who are just trying to get by aside from we talked about graded quizzes which is huge Talked about not using Jamboard anymore because <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> or even, or even, even go to tools. Like, is there are there some tools that you think like, hey, these are things easy to use. Try them out, get started. You know, what 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 do you think? Um, I you already mentioned it, but like Flipgrid, I love. And again, oh, I know. you know, Minnesota company, not going to brag or nothing because uh, I had because I had nothing to do with it. Honestly, um, <laughs> just they happen to be. You're just there. Proximity, yeah, just, yeah. proximity to it, yeah. Yeah, osmosis. I've, I've been to their headquarters. It was neat. Um, but, uh, you know, they're also anywhere you want to be. So it's not like that. Right. Anyway, the point right. is, uh, I think Flipgrid is fantastic. I was because mm-hmm. it can be used for pretty much anything. Um, yes. A lot of our the district that I was in in Bloomington and now in Minneapolis. And quite frankly, it's my understanding market share worldwide. Seesaw is kind of that LMS. And I mean, I'm not going to speak ill of our corporate overlord, even though they're not, but um, <laughs> they were originally a student portfolio, right? But right. they've gone to a lot of trouble to make it more of an LMS, which yeah. is cool. And it does have some Flipgrid functionality, but you can't, you can't top the, the, you know, the master, right? Flipgrid is right. the best when it comes to just real quick, they can demonstrate their knowledge. Um, depending on how you set it up, which I love that you can moderate because I've learned the hard way. Sometimes you need to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, the kids, like when I was teaching beginner band, that was the way that the kids could perform for me. They just turn on their camera and play it out. Um, I also got to see some kids learn how to fake it while playing my recording in another tab <laughs> and try to move their fingers. That which is adorable. impressive too. Yeah, yeah. 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 it takes oh, no. skills. It was because it, it was this. They were looking oh. <laughs> at the screen trying to match. Their face wasn't on the trumpet. Anyway, but the FIA teacher can use it with like, show me that you're doing your push-up properly. Right. Then you can have the student, like the fact that it can be such a multi-purpose tool to asynchronously have the kids show, or kids, I should say learner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the learner can show their, um, their understanding. Um, that is just the yeah. best one. Plus... Now with like Google or Google, sorry, Flipgrid Shorts and the the libraries that they have now too. Um, like if you're not sure what you're gonna do for the day, go into Flipgrid and pick the wonder of the day from Wonderopolis and just mm-hmm. plop that in. And yep. cool, my morning meeting, uh, warm up, warm welcome is taken right. care of for the for the week or whatever, and then they can interact with each other. And so, in fact, I I used it a lot, Flipgrid a lot last year because band was fully asynchronous. And so half the fun of band is turning to your neighbor and just chatting with them. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) we made three flip grids for the three different middle schools. So you're at 10 different elementaries, but join the middle school you're gonna attend. That's your band class. And each week we just put a random question in to like get to know. So like you have a sandwich, do you cut it into rectangles or diagonal? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And the thing is like, there's no correct answer until you hear someone say the wrong thing and you're like, right. well, you what? monster. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you animal. How would you, how dare you? And so awesome. questions like that were 
fun because those 10, 11 year olds mm -hmm. suddenly have serious opinions. Oh, yeah. And then they'll react whether right. you eat mac and cheese with a fork or a spoon because oh. you do what? Well, How dare you? Fork, and obviously. Because so, you got to get the hot dog bits somehow. Correct. Yeah, exactly. And so Flipgrid is such a great tool when it comes to that. And it has so many functions. And the nice thing is it's really user friendly for teachers. Yeah. And free. And yes. Free. Totally mm -hmm. free. Yeah, that's the biggest deal, right? Well, and they're they're constantly improving. That's the other thing that too that you some of these uh, some of these services really stuck out during COVID or post COVID, really, with all the improvements that just suddenly showed up. Yeah, uh, I mean the filters on totally. on Flipgrid alone make it at least relevant. And the music, so, yeah, our, our kids yeah, love music, the music too. I mean, yeah. they just go crazy with it. Totally it's fun stuff. Anything that makes it more fun. Absolutely. Yep, that's a great suggestion. I know that. Um, I mean. And again, that may be one of those two that was a big, you know, when it came out, everybody was Flipgrid, Flipgrid, and then got away from it right. over the last couple of years. And it would be a easy tool to get back into um, for teachers looking to improve their class somehow to make it a little yep. more engaging. Um, all right. So, wow, we really hit that. There's some good stuff in there. That's a... That is a tip-filled segment of this uh, of this podcast for sure. That's right. Um, the last two things we'd like to talk about um, briefly before we head out is uh, what we're working on currently, either personally or professionally, and mm -hmm. then and then what we're drinking. Um, and so, uh, so Dave, what are you working on right now? Uh, I am still in the midst of working through my admin program uh, in the free time I have. And uh, yes, and right. we're we're also planning for 2022. Shout out to Matt Weld if he listens. Uh, we're working with Matt on uh, implementing some more SEL uh, with our students, but also with our teacher uh, teachers and uh, staff. So some mindfulness for them and some self care as well. Uh, it's oh, kind good. of been the thing we're rolling out for uh, 2022 in the spring and then into the summer and then the following uh, year because it is sorely needed. And uh, right now. We have our Christmas program and our band program next week, and uh, we are kind of dealing with the COVID restrictions. And so we are figuring out the logistics of live streaming and uh, the legalities of doing that with uh, the with the, the music, music that's going to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so kind of right. working through that right now. Uh, I think we have everything ready to roll, but I'm going to be uh, very excited to see the kids perform. Uh, and we have an, a, two amazing uh, music teachers and band director that are new this year in our district. Uh, but, um, I'm going to be happy when it's done as well, because this is, you know, sure. it's, it's always, it's a challenge. Uh, and then of course my last thing is, um, I'm obsessed with purchasing vinyl right now. And, um, I just bought, uh, two Brandy Carlisle vinyls, uh, Jason Isbell vinyl and Muppets Christmas Carol vinyl, the uh, 20th anniversary of Muppets Christmas Carol. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good movie. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I have. What about you, that's Adam? Uh, right now I am diligently working on, uh, updating my college bowl, uh, pick them app <laughs> that, that I built a couple of years ago for my family and I to, you, you basically for every bowl game, I love college football. I love college basketball and baseball. Like those are my favorite sure. things. So college, the bowl season is like my favorite time of the year aside from March madness. But, um, anyway, so I always love being able to do just pick them type competitions and so we have this app um and it's got like a built-in chat so you can like you know rag on each other it's pretty funny and anyway uh, so you go in and you can wager a certain number of points and then you pick a winner and if you get the winner then you get those points if you if you don't get the winner then you lose those points so it's really uh it's, it's not just picking it's also like wagering uh which is pretty fun it's a it's a neat little thing and i'm i'm updating it um trying to add a couple more features before I send it out to the family again this week. So that's, uh, that's kind of my goal right now. Uh, it's totally silly, uh, but I think it makes the Christmas time what it is for me. And then also work, but who cares about oh, that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Rick, what about you? Um, I am for the most part trying to get up to speed with my new job in my school district. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, I usually have my, life planned out a little better but it seems like each week is a uh, oh yeah we're running that pd this week aren't we okay well i guess i'm getting that ready so it's <laughs> it's a lot of uh um not quite putting out fires as they come up but it kind of feels that way some days yeah um just getting different pd sessions ready for uh my school district also my one of my many side hustles because everyone's got to have one right got um it. i've been as a 
past few years working for ISTE as uh, one of the ISTE for ISTE, what's it called? <laughs> certified Educator Program. Yeah. For the ISTE Certified Educator Program, they're now providing, ISTE itself is doing the training for the certification program. So I'm one of the trainers for that. So literally right before this, I was doing a training session for teachers. Uh, a few were in Connecticut, but I had uh, one who's coming in from China. So it was already oh, tomorrow wow. at eight in the morning <laughs> when he joined. That's uh, awesome. Time travel. From, yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> what happens <laughs> tell me what's gonna happen um so yeah there we i do sessions with that so that takes up more time than i thought it would when i signed sure. up for it oh yeah um, and always just random geg events i yeah. i know david you're part of uh the global geg mm -hmm. right yep yep and so we're getting ready to do our ask us anything finale because we we had a series called ask us anything uh, ed tech for a while and you know we haven't done it in like six months and we're like should we just get together and just end this I'm like okay so <laughs> we're, we're getting ready for our uh i guess swan song or farewell or whatever you want to call you it go. so just random like oh yeah i, was, I said i'd do that so yeah yes <laughs> and i'm prepared I'm yes i am ready for yeah. this yeah for sure I, I didn't choose to go last on the broadcast no. so i could update the slide deck as we were doing it <laughs> that's, that would be right. Crazy. that's right <laughs> here your teacher you fought you know what you, if you yep. can't improv as a teacher what are you doing you know right for you sure the wrong job <laughs> that's right awesome so what are we drinking i have nothing exciting i have mountain dew tonight i've got work to do tonight and so i figured this is probably not a good time to drink beer or right. other alcohol. I had a beer with dinner, so this is counteracting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it Perfect. all counteracts <laughs> any exercise I do. There you go. No. Anyway. <laughs> exercise is dumb. It makes you sweaty. How about exactly. you? <laughs> and I got a shower. It looks so dumb. I'm drinking this new thing I have. It's non alcoholic. It's called Three Spirit Nightcap. And it is a, it is supposed to replicate drinking like a hot toddy. Um, oh. but non-alcoholic, it's all, it's all, uh, gluten-free vegan plant-based. It's a, a company from the UK and I saw it. There is a, there's a, uh, a bourbon YouTube channel, uh, that they review different bourbons and, um, alcohols and non-alcoholic drinks. And they've really been raving about this as being this, if you have a drink at night, you know, just to kind of take the edge off or just relax, which makes me sound like a drunk. But, um, if you, if you have a drink at night, uh, they, they kind of said this is an alternative to doing something huh. with alcohol in it. And, uh, they had a black Friday sale on it. So I picked some up and it is fantastic. It is really? got like no notes of vanilla and maple in it. And it's very smooth. And if you warm it up, it is just like the best and sip on it. It's very good. Highly recommended. It's called, uh, like I said, three spirits nightcap. Very cool. Hmm. Where'd you get it? Trader uh, Joe's online. Oh. <laughs> Trader Joe's not this time. Usually it's Trader Joe's <laughs> where I get everything. So this time was online though. So oh, cool. Yeah. What about you, Rick? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking it up right now. That sounds great. It's I'm kind of curious. Cool. Yeah, I, I don't drink. Um, so I have a diet Pepsi, and sadly, I'm right one on. of those. You mentioned that it's gluten free and blah blah blah. I'm one of those carb free people. So I guess what I'm saying is I have no joy in my life. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, I'm kind of curious what the carb count on is on the free spirit because that sounds really good. Yeah, it does sound good. Yeah, and I calories Vegan per serving, I think it's thirty. Yeah, and That's I think it? it's thirty calories per. Yeah, and I think I think it's like really low carb because my wife is, um, she's my wife is just a, a workout, just a beast, and so she she's the same way. She's she's really low moderate carb and i want to say it's pretty low but i don't know if i might I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes well with, and we'll share with it only too. 30 calories it's got to be pretty low right yeah, so exactly. yeah yeah it's like drinking cool. water yeah yeah well, and i won't quite, do that yeah. that's <laughs> not quite you know what fish <laughs> no thank you so yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> It's well, awesome. Rick, again, thanks so much for taking the time to join yeah, us tonight. Fantastic, uh, this has man. been a great conversation. It. It's always good to meet people from all around the country. I do have family in Minnesota, so I uh, I definitely know the Minnesota. And uh, there, I also have family from from North Dakota, so that accent is even worse. Um, but it's all it all just brings back really happy memories. So anyway, I'm glad that you're able to join us tonight. Thanks for chatting with us, Dave. Again, thanks for always being here. 
I can't I do leave. one of these without you. I live here um, all the time. That's right. And thank you guys for listening. You can find us on all of the places you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts and uh, uh, Google Podcasts and Stitcher and Spotify and Pandora and all those great places. You can look us up at edtechdistilled.com and join the conversation there. Uh, and you can also find us on Twitter at, ad, ed, at edtechdistilled. So we will see you out there in the Twitter sphere as well. So thanks again for listening. Rick, thanks for joining us, Dave. Appreciate it. We will see you guys in the next one. See ya.